Megan Millhaven, just saying. In Omaha, I'm Tom Becker. McGraw Millhaven in St. Louis, everybody. And uh, man, I'll tell you, uh, I, I know I probably shouldn't love this weather, but I know that I'm going to be grilling a steak tonight for dinner in uh, in November. And anytime you can be out on the patio grilling a steak in November, you know, I got to like it. It may not be good for the environment, but uh, overall, you know, I'll take it. You know, you can cook a steak when it's 40 degrees outside, too. You don't have to wait till it's 80 something. Well, I, yeah, well, it's not 80, but yeah, but yeah, sure, you can do a lot of things. But, I, you know, I'd rather not be freezing my butt off while I'm grilling a steak. And 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 then and, and look, and it's tougher because you know the the grill doesn't get as hot. You know, I mean, there's there's other issues there, but uh, yeah. Well, it's eighty. It's going to be eighty four here in St. Louis. What's Is it, it really? Be? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now here El, we're, ni- we're El Nino, El Nino, baby. We're in our sixties here, so yeah. Oh well, yeah, that's nothing. Yeah, well, it, it, you know, it's it's better than thirty below. That's for sure. Well, it's you- coming. You and I were, you know, both working together here in Omaha back in what year was it? Was it like 96, 97 when that blizzard came through and just knocked out power in October and we had snow from the end of October all the way through like March? Yeah, that was cold. That it was, was 90. Cold. It was not, well, it was the year the uh, Marlins beat the Indians in the World Series. So it was at 94, 95. Yeah, you don't have to. Did you, did you have to really bring that up? Was that was yeah. that really your point? Yeah, when the Marlins when the Marlins crushed the uh, Indians, I'll never forget that. You and I, okay, so I don't think we I don't think we've ever told this story. Um, so what had happened was a blizzard came through uh, Omaha uh, uh, like on a Saturday night. Sunday morning, the whole town is without power. Uh, there's snow everywhere. Branches are down. Trees are down. It was. I mean, the whole thing was a mess. We wound up on the air over at KFAB. We wound up on the air, and um, you and I were basically doing a, a, a program, just informing people about all the school closings, the uh, the uh, the problems with the roads. I mean, everything that was going on, we were like doing that. Um, and then we were working off of a generator, but that generator froze. That generator broke down until they could get a new genera- generator in there. We actually were working in the dark with a. Um, a Schirmitzer, three nine volt batteries were taking a, a, a telephone line from the studio to the transmitter site, and so we're in the dark. We got phone calls coming in, but we can't see the phones lighting up because there's no electricity. But the phones are working, so we're just like going, pushing the buttons, knowing that um, somebody's going to be there. So that's what we're doing. In the meantime, one of our uh, listeners who lived in the neighborhood brought over a black and white battery operated television set. Yeah. And so we're watching the world series game and I'm from Cleveland. I'm big Indians fan, you know, just finally, this is my year. Right. Um, which of course has never happened. Um, but, uh, so, um, we're watching the game and the Indians are winning until they blow it in the ninth inning, you know, like game seven, they blow it and they lose it. And I just remember after working all day and it was a very stressful day, uh, with that, but uh, after working all day, doing the, the storm coverage, after the uh, Indians lost, I told you, you're on your own for a while. I walked outside to the back alley there, and I just lay, I yelled out a stream of profanities. Oh, my goodness. Um, yeah, uh, kids' ears are still burning. And 
when you've got power out, you don't realize this, you know, like in real life. But your voice carries. Your voice carries. With power out in the snow, your voice carries, and and there's no noise whatsoever. I mean, it is so quiet because you don't get the hum of the uh, the hum of the the power lines or anything like that. It was just so quiet, and boy, the voice carried. And that's because the snow, the snow was there, right? The voice carries because of the snow. Yeah. And just yeah. because everything else is so quiet. You know, if you're not hearing anything else, then the voice really, you know, you're not competing with traffic noise and everything else. Uh, so so it really carries then too. And yeah. But uh, so thanks for thanks for uh, uh opening up that wound after all these years. Thank you for reminding me of that. It's only it was only 30 years ago. And that yeah, yeah, as opposed to when the uh Indians only had to win one game out of three against the Chicago Cubs. And they were finally winning Game Seven till there was a rain delay, and then they blew it and they lost. And 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 I will, I may see a Guardians in the World Series someday, a Guardians team, and that'll be nice. But you'll never see the was, Indians. My, my team was the Indians, and then they never won a World Series in my lifetime. Speaking of the Indians, yeah. Let me ask you this cancel culture question. Mm -hmm. So I live within a stone's throw. Of the Missouri River, okay. Okay, in a van. I'm sorry. In in a van down by the river. In a van down by the river, and yeah. every time we cross the Missouri River, I ask my three year old who was the first to navigate the Missouri River, and she says Lewis and Clark, right? Mm -hmm. And then I say, and who was their guide? And she says Sacagawea. And I said, and who was the president who, you know, commissioned this, this, this expedition? And she says, Thomas Jefferson, right? So it's a little, you know, history game you play, you know, whatever, right? So Halloween's over with, and we're driving home the other day. And I said, who do you want to be for Halloween next year? And she says, Sacagawea. Now, is my three-year-old daughter, or now soon-to-be four-year-old daughter, allowed to be Sacagawea next year for Halloween? I think you should be uh, charged with child abuse. Teaching, you know, talking to the kid about Sacagawea. She's three years old. Let her talk about Mickey Mouse and Snow White, for Pete's sake. Come on. Uh. <laughs> I mean, is she allowed to be an Indian? Is she allowed to dress up as an Indian? You know, here's the thing. I'd, I'd say yes. I say yes, and I yeah, you know, yeah. because, uh, because I think you know. I mean, is she doing it? Is she doing it to honor Sacagawea? It sounds like she is. You know, as opposed to doing it to mock the Native American culture, doesn't sound like she's doing that. Well, that's what yeah. the Indians were doing. They were honoring the Indian culture. Well, well, of course they had a problem with the logo and I, with the, the the mascot, and I I guess I can see that to some extent, um, except for the fact that look, I I never. I mean that. That 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 Indian, um, you know, um, Chief uh, Wahoo, right? Yeah. He, right. he to me, he represented like my team, and I never had any, I never had any disrespect for the Native American culture uh, because I, you know, I, I I felt a warm fuzzy every time I saw that when I was a kid, and I think I might have told this story when I was a kid, going to my grandparents' house. There were two ways to get home. The longer way was driving by uh, the stadium, Cleveland Stadium, there, right? Municipal Stadium. And so every once in a while, my dad, you know, we had a little extra time. 
he would drive by the stadium just so I could look at the stadium and I could see this big, larger-than-life uh, Chief Wahoo with a bat on his shoulder uh, over Cleveland uh, Municipal Stadium. And to me, that just represented, yeah, wow, that was baseball. That was my team. And I talked, I've talked to um, Native American uh, friends of mine, and uh, and I asked them, I said, look, you know, does, does this bother you? Is this an insult to you? And they said, no, you know, it, it's not. Uh, now, of course, that's, you know, some people's opinion. Other people have different opinions. I, I don't, I'm not happy necessarily with them losing the name. But on the other hand, I support the fact that it's a private business and they can do with it whatever they want. No, that's true. But like the Washington Redskins, right? I mean, I get that's offensive, I guess, right? Because it's yeah. the color of the skin or whatever. But I, I look, I'm just, I'm just trying to, you know, teach the three-year-old history. And so she knows about this female guide and this woman, this woman empowerment, right? And this, they wouldn't have had this beautiful expedition that went right through her front yard if it wasn't for this woman, Sacagawea. And she says, I want to be Sacagawea. And now I don't know if I can dress her up as Sacagawea in honor of Sacagawea because I might be offending somebody while trying to honor her. Yeah, but you know what? Look, I, I you know, having done talk radio all these years and, you know, you're doing the same thing. You know, I, I, I'm joked that I could say it's a lovely day and get a nasty email from a guy that makes umbrellas. So, you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't, you're, no matter what you do, you're going to offend somebody. Oh, you know, oh, look, she dresses up as Sleeping Beauty. Oh, what? You're trying to show her that, you know, she has to be rescued by some Prince Charming, you know? <laughs> I mean, no matter what, no matter what it is, you know, name, <clears throat> name, name a character and I can find some reason to, uh, uh, to oppose it. I don't care who it is. No, you know? I know. That's yeah, the world yeah. we live in today. And of course, because, you know, because um, everything gets, amplified so much in this world of social media and Twitter and Facebook and all that stuff in that one person has a problem with it and tells people, you should be outraged. Look at this child. You should be outraged. And then the next thing you know, people are outraged. They don't even know why they're outraged. They're just outraged because they were told that, oh, look, here's this, here's this little kid trying to appropriate the Native American culture. Well, that's the same as, you know, that's the same as I wasn't offended by that book in the library until you told me that book was in the library. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of which, did you hear about Steve Martin? Did you hear no, wh- Why is he canceled? Well, evidently, uh, he has a, a book out. It became a movie called Shop Girl. Yeah. And it's been in the uh, in the Florida public library and the school libraries. 20 years old. Libraries for years, right? Because it's yeah. like it's a 20, 25-year-old book, right? With yeah. a movie and everything, right? And they took it out. And he, he went out there and thanked them for taking the book out of the schools. Because now people, if they want to read it, they got to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was that story. There was that story the other day where they did uh, somebody did a study on all the books that have been banned, and the, they've sold more books for those banned books than I mean, it's the greatest renaissance for those books ever. So the more you ban them, the more people buy them. Well, yeah, I mean, how how, how many how many tickets and how many albums uh, did uh, the far right sell for Marilyn Manson? Right. You know, you know, and they're outraged by Marilyn Manson. And by the way, yeah, you know, Marilyn Manson is a bit of a scumbag. But uh, be that as it may, in my humble opinion, that if I, I think if I say of my humble opinion, I think then I'm, I'm protected from lawsuits on that. Um, All right, good. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But, um, uh, you know, that uh, uh, but when everybody's so upset and all, all outraged about Marilyn Manson, 
that just got them publicity and people interested and they wound up, you know, protest in front of the concerts all you want. You know, people are still buying the tickets and that. So I, I think sometimes the protests are the biggest supporters of uh, what they don't like. I know. I don't understand it. Makes speaking, no sense. Speaking of which, okay, let, let's get to this then, okay, because we talked about that sort of thing. Uh, let's talk a little bit, and I, we'll take a break here. But when we return, I want to talk a little bit about the uh, the Tuesday elections and uh, how uh, MAGA, for the most part, uh, did not fare so well. And uh, I want to talk about that for a little bit, plus a lot of other stuff on the agenda, a little bit of fun, frivolous stuff, a little bit of news, information. As McGraw and I try to make some sense out of this crazy world. By the way, McGraw, your daughter, yes. Emerson, dear, oh, dear, sweet, smart kid. God love her. But, you know, she's three. I wouldn't buy that second to uh, outfit just yet because she can change her mind five different times between now and uh, Halloween and wound up, you know, wind up being, uh, you know, a, a princess or uh, Taylor Swift or something like that. So, so I, you're telling me that a three-year-old might change her mind and you think that that's good inside info for me. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just trying to help you out, man. Just trying to help you out. Just trying to help the brother out. I get it. This is Beck and Melhaven just saying online and on the big 550 KTRS. Back once again, I'm Tom Becca. He's McGraw Melhaven and. So the election, that election were held on Tuesday, and if you take a look what happened in uh, my old home state of Ohio, uh, which is a fairly red state, if you take a look at what happened there, they voted to legalize recreational marijuana, and they voted to uh, put uh, abortion rights in the state constitution, which was a, um, a big setback uh, for those on the far right. And it wasn't just in Ohio. Other states found that uh, candidates that were supported by Donald Trump uh, didn't do so well. And... Uh, well, what does this mean? Does this mean anything uh, for the presidential race? Does it mean anything for uh, the elections in t- uh, 2024? Uh, or is this just a thing where, you know, the pendulum swings one way, then it swings the other? Um, I'm glad you asked me that question, because I will give you incredible analysis of this year's uh, election. I had no doubt which you will not hear on Fox or MSNBC or CNN or anything like that. That's because we're not on Fox or MSNBC or CNN. So that's why McGraw says you won't hear it there because you, you, know, you won't hear it here. Well, well you, won't, you won't hear it because they just parrot each other. Yeah. And they don't really look at this objectively and as brilliantly as I do, if I do say so myself. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, oh, wise one. What, what's your insight? Okay. So voters will vote for elected officials, politicians who are very much pro-life, but will vote for pro-choice amendments. So the fact that the Democrats are singing this song like, oh, abortion is where we're going to clean up. No, these people who voted pro-choice either in Ohio or wherever else, you know, they mentioned Kansas, right? The uh, pro-choice hasn't lost since Republicans are in a whole lot of trouble. No, voters will vote for a Republican candidate who is very, very, very pro-life 
even if they're very pro-choice. So the Republicans just have to make sure that they keep the pro-life amendments off the ballots and they should be fine. Well, they, they can't. I mean, it's not they have a magic wand to keep it off. You know, I mean, each state is different in how something gets on the ballot. Oh, well, they're, they're trying to up the um, constitutional threshold in Ohio. If you were a student, you couldn't use your student government-issued ID to get to the polls. I mean, they, they tried to put, you know, anything short of a poll tax on these voters to go and vote. And they still found a way to vote to allow abortion to be legal. But yet Mike DeWine who's a very pro-life Republican governor, he won overwhelmingly last year. So explain that to me. Well, here's the thing. I think that Democrats win on issues, whereas Republicans win on personalities. You know, I mean, take a look right now. Take a look at, uh, you know, Joe Biden versus Donald Trump. You know, uh, right now here in Omaha, I driving driving to uh, driving home today, I passed a gas station. Gas was two eighty eight a gallon. Okay, now you tell me, you know, is Biden getting any credit for that? You know, he, he was he was nailed when gas was pushing four dollars a gallon here, but uh, now it's two eighty eight. And is he you know does he get any credit for that? No, he's not. For some reason, Biden is not getting credit for some of the good things that are happening in this country. Uh, you know, because you know he's just like an old guy, and uh, and, and 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 so uh, he's losing in the person on the personality aspect there with Donald Trump, whereas the Democrats are winning on the issues. But here in Missouri. Over the last number of years, they've had statewide referendums on right to work that has failed. They've had statewide referendums on expansion of Medicaid that succeeded. They've had statewide referendums on minimum wage that has gone up. So all these Democratic talking points, everybody votes for overwhelmingly in the state and wins. And yet a candidate who is, you know, for expanded Medicaid. Um, you know, four minimum wage increases and four right to work can't win the 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 other uh, governor's race. So explain that to me. Again, it's a personality thing. If you, if you take a look, uh, Jimmy Kimmel did this years ago. You know, man on the street sort of stuff. And of course, they always find the ones you know to. You yeah, know, they uh, added out all the wrong yeah, ones. You know, so it's yeah. not, by no means is it a scientific thing, but I do believe it had some basis in truth. Where they would ask people if they uh, opposed Obamacare. What they thought of, what they thought about Obamacare, and they were against Obamacare. Then they told him what was in the Affordable Care Act and asked if they would support that. And they said, "Oh yeah, I would support that." So because because they and the Republicans have been very good about this, about attaching um, negative traits to to personalities. You know, I mean, it was lock Hillary up. Well, they never found anything to lock her up for, right? Uh, you know, uh, you, you and and you know, sleepy Joe Biden and all this, and even Trump now. With the uh, Republican primary, you know, what the nicknames he has on, you know, the sanctimonious and all that stuff. So they're very good at making the attacks on their opponents, but uh, not very good on selling their ideas to the people. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think even these even these polls that are so Trumpified the last couple of days. Here's what's interesting to me is that. Democrats, for nobody wants, and when I say nobody, I would think the general public doesn't want a Trump or Biden re-election. Agreed. Okay. And Democrats, I think, are running around pulling their hair out saying, oh my goodness, Biden can't win, Biden can't win. So much so that uh, David Axelrod, right, the architect of Obama's campaigns, 
is going on CNN saying, you know, he's better, he better, you know, rethink this. And, you know, everyone's, every Democrat's freaking out about Biden, but every Republican is freaking out about Trump because the Iowa governor just picked DeSantis. Why? Uh, Trump can't win. So Republicans can't think Trump can win. Democrats don't think Biden can win. They don't want Biden. They don't want Trump. And yet both of them are going to run. Well, so go figure. Well, the thing of it is, is that, I mean, it depends on what Republicans you're talking about. Because as, as we saw, as we saw during the chaos on Capitol Hill a few weeks ago, uh, the Republican Party, you know, is as divided as everybody else. So, yeah. So you're right. Sane, sane Republicans or at least more traditional Republicans uh, look at Donald Trump and say, no, 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 we can't have this. But right. not everybody is a traditional or sane Republican. Matter of fact, those sane Republicans are called rhinos. Yeah, what I thought was interesting about the election was Kentucky. So the Democratic governor wins re-election in pretty simple measures. But there was a Republican secretary of state that won, and he was a, um, I don't know what you call it, uh, um, some type of election. Denier? No, no, no. He was the opposite. What, what do you call someone who believed in the election? I don't know what you call Same? that person. <laughs> yeah, he was a he was a he was a he was a Republican who believed that Joe Biden won fair and square, um, and he won Secretary of State in um, Kentucky. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, well, you know, every every now and then I get a little optimistic that maybe uh, the Republicans are going to uh, you know turn it around and they'll, they'll wise up. Yeah, um, you know, uh, but then you know, but I mean, but I mean, how can it be like a state like Nebraska, right? It was repeal and replace, and those people won overwhelmingly. And then when Nebraskans go to the polls to expand Medicaid, they do. Nebraska or a Missouri, right? A repeal and replace. We have to get rid of Obamacare. Those people won, and when you put Medicaid expansion on the ballot, that won. So how do you how do you square that? Well, uh, no, um. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, don't yeah. Know. you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, the the whole uh, don't get me started on the whole repeal and replace Medicare. Yeah. Uh, Obama, no, I know because that so was crazy. just such a. Yeah. But there was another. There was another. Do we have time? Because I got a great little story from last night or oh, for you, hey, for you, I got all the time in the world. So this this one's actually near and dear to my heart. Have you ever heard the name Yusuf Salam? Uh, if I have, I forgot. What? Well, you have. You have. You don't know who it was. Yusuf Salam and four of his teenage buddies back in the late '80s was arrested. Oh, oh yeah. Okay, so this is a he became a city councilman it, in New York. Yeah. Thanks for ruining other story. I'm oh, sorry. So, so he was arrested for raping a Central Park jogger. And he was a teenage boy at the time. And I was living in New York at that time. And I think everybody should go back and do a deep dive on this because you talk about police brutality. You talk about um, false. Uh, I mean, they they admitted they did it. They admitted they did it. Um, they were the media was all you want to talk about problems with the media and fake news and selling a story that isn't real. I mean, this had all of the elements of all the things people complain about. 
fake news, mob mentality, police brutality, all of these things. They get sent away, and 20 years later, it's found out that not only not only did, you know, not only were they found, you know, maybe they didn't do it, they really didn't do it. And some other guy was a serial raper. He went on raping three or four more other women until they finally caught him. 20 years later, he was sitting in a jail cell admitting to anyone who would listen that he was the Central Park uh, raper. That They were finally let out of jail. Ken Burns did a documentary on it, which is fantastic, called the Central Park Five. And that Yusuf Salam yesterday was just elected to city council in New York City. Yeah. Yeah, now, is it, correct me if I'm wrong on this. Didn't, like, Donald Trump like, take out a full-page ad, like in the New yes. York Times, you know, uh, basically condemning these people? And uh, Donald Trump took out a full-page ad demanding that they um, give these five kids the death penalty. Right, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And the parents, the parents, they were arrested. There was, like, um, it was a hot summer night in the park, and these cops, you know, rounded up these kids who were, you know, throwing rocks in, in, in the pond and they were about to let them go. And something came over the, you know, the radio saying, Hey, there's a, uh, a woman jogger found raped in the, you know, in the bushes. And the cops were like, you know, we just arrested five guys kind of over there and held them, separated them, brought their parents in. And all their parents were like, you better tell these police officers what you did. And so they were so afraid, they were so worried. If you just tell me the truth, then you can go home. So they told them what they wanted to hear. They locked them up, and New York went bonkers. And you had this crazy reverend, no one ever heard of, named Al Sharpton running around in tracksuits saying, maybe they're innocent. And you're like, this guy's nuts. It was unbelievable. People were afraid to go into the city. People were afraid to go into Central Park. Um, it just played on the narrative that the city isn't safe and there's no place safe to go and crime's out of control. And it fed into all those narratives falsely. And then all, and I, if somebody would have told me in 1987, whenever this happened, that those five were innocent, I, it would be like telling me now, you know, OJ Simpson didn't do it. it, it it's just, it's just, it's, it would be unconceivable to think that those five didn't do it. And it turned out they didn't do it. We had a similar thing here in Nebraska years and years ago, uh, the Beatrice Six, where these six um, uh, people were convicted of being involved in a murder, and they didn't do it. They were also uh, of um, limited mental capacity. I mean, you know, they were like just slow adults, you know, and and uh, they wound up, you know, admitting to it and all of that because of the pressure that was put on them. Yeah. You know, they, they they just end up admitting it, you know, just to. Uh, relieve some of the pressure. They wound up spending years in prison, and then they were released. They were like awarded like just not millions and millions and millions of dollars. And the town of Beatrice, small town here in Nebraska, you know, didn't have the money to pay them. And so that that was a big issue. And quite honestly, now that you bring that up, I forgot how that was finally resolved. If they ever got their money, I know that uh, one of the people had died long before uh, any money was uh, sent their way. But um, yeah, but no, I mean so. So that, that that is interesting, and that really is a uh, in 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 a way that is a great American story, in that in that although they were falsely accused and falsely convicted, the system worked in a way that they were able to 
you know, uh, get out, be free, and eventually become a part of the government. Um, you know, I mean, I, I think that's a, a, in in a strange way, it's a great American story. Would you agree? It is wonderful that he was able to be that he was illegally, you know, uh, uh, unfortunately, wrongly convicted, and was able to sort of come back from that. But yeah, too bad the guy had to spend fifteen oh. years in jail for a crime he didn't commit. Definitely, definitely too bad for that. I mean, I'm not, I'm not um, condoning or sugarcoating that in any way. But in uh, in Donald Trump's world, they would have been dead long before they were exonerated for the crimes. Yeah, well, and and New York City for the longest time wouldn't didn't want to pay them, um, you know, some type of you know settlement for locking them up wrongly. But it it, it just it it's it goes to sh- and I know and I know there are people today who are like, well, they. They did it. I don't care what you say. I know they did it, right? So it, you're never going to convince everybody. But I mean, these there's no there's within a shadow of a doubt any normal person objectively looking at the facts can come to no other conclusion than um, they're they're totally and completely innocent. But in this day and age where you talk about um, wrongfully accused and uh, misidentified and, um, you know, uh, um, torture, right? We're going to torture them because they're going to tell us where the bombs are, right? I mean, they, they, they did all those things to these kids and the kids, and you ask yourself, why would you ever admit to a crime you didn't commit? Because they were 16 years old, they were scared, and their parents said, you better tell them what, what, what it is they want to hear. and you know, you, you do crazy things and the media jumped on it and it was the media's worst hour. And it was the politicians worst hour. It was the cops worst hour. It was the legal systems worst hour. And these five poor kids, you know, got the brunt of, of, of everyone's political agenda. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, and that, that what they do, at least they do that with the uh, Beatrice Six here. You know, they, they say, well, you know, we're gonna we're gonna convict you and give you a death penalty if you don't, but if you if you admit to it now, you know, we'll just right. give you life and yeah. we'll give you an easier sentence and so on. And so, you know, if you look at those are those those are your options, you know, you think, well, okay, I'm gonna uh I'll 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 top a plea just to make it easy on myself. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's and, a, and you mentioned I, OJ. You mentioned OJ. That's the other thing too, and this is a, a problem with our system, and I wish I had a better answer for it. But, you know, OJ could afford really good attorneys, you know, really good attorneys where these, you know, these guys, these these kids, they couldn't. And therefore, they end up, you know, having to make a, a plea to a crime they didn't commit. And uh, another, another great point, right? They, OJ had the dream team. These guys had nobody. Yeah. 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 And that's, uh, uh, you know, that that's, I guess that's, what I said is a great American story before uh, the fact that um, uh, you know he couldn't they couldn't afford decent lawyers makes it a not so great American story in, the, in, in that in that context. But um, uh, while while we're talking the election and that before we take a break and then move on to other topics, um, uh, talking the election, tell me is um, is Josh Hawley in trouble in Missouri? Because you know I'm, I'm seeing some polling numbers that show that the Democrat is nipping at his heels. Uh, this Lucas Kuntz guy. Yeah. Yeah. Lucas Kuntz is an interesting cat. Um, he's a, uh, is he a Marine? He's uh, a Marine working class guy. 
um, sort of a populist on the Democratic side mm-hmm. um, and kind of calling out Josh Hawley for being born. You know, Josh Hawley talks about the elitists of the world. Well, Josh Hawley's father was a banker and he went to Yale and Stanford. So when you talk about, you know, coastal elites, Josh Hawley is the poster boy of a coastal elite, right? And so he keeps talking about these elitists. Well, Lucas Kuntz, you know, grew up poor on a farm. Family didn't have much, became military, um, you know, all the things that Josh Hawley claims he wants to be. Um, I don't know. I don't see Josh Hawley losing. I don't have much faith in, oh, a, a Democrat breaking through. But, you know, I don't know, maybe. I, I, it's still a long way to go. I'll have to wait and see. But, uh, I mean, I, I, I guess he's got a shot. But if I was a betting man, I'd say Josh Hawley got this thing pretty well wrapped up. Uh, well, he's got a long way to go before the election. So who knows Who knows what's going to happen? Um, but I do think it is interesting. You mentioned that you know Josh Hawley with his elite uh, background and everything going against the elites. Uh, you know, you saw basically the same thing with Donald Trump. You know, and uh, you see this with the uh, with a lot of those uh, you know uh, uh, MAGA uh, politicians that are you know talking about you know the elite, and yet you look at their uh, background and it's like, yeah, I don't think that uh, you ever had to worry about you know making a paycheck stretch to uh, next payday just so you can feed your kids. You know, and um, you look at their uh, their their background as far as their education and stuff, and you have to ask yourself, yeah, where. Where is the disconnect? You know, and this this is something too that that I have a problem with uh, so many in the Republican Party right now. The cowards in the Republican Party uh, in, in Congress that voted against um, uh, oh, what's his face, uh, Ohio Congressman uh, voted against. Uh, why am I having? I'm having a brain fart here. I don't know who, who are you talking about. The, the, the congressman that was looking to be speaker of the house with no oh. no, no no suit coat, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, Jim Jordan. Jim yeah, uh, Jordan. When when they were talking, you know, behind closed doors where there was no accountability on a private vote, right. 112 Republicans voted against Jordan. But when it was a public vote and they had to be held accountable for that vote, they you know they were kissing his butt. You know, right. and, and that that sort of got to stop. We got it. We got to have fewer politicians. Oh yeah, that's going to stop. Yeah, we're going to have. There's a reason why profiles and courage is a small read. Yeah, no, I, I, I get it, but we need, we need to start uh, electing uh, people with uh, more um, integrity. Yeah, sure we do. Like that's gonna happen. I mean, give me a break. Well, 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 well wait a minute. Now, hold on a second. Hold on a second. I mean, you know, I, I think, I think we've got a lot of you know good politicians there that do have integrity, but then you know they, they maybe don't get all the the, uh, the, but they're the ones getting out. You know, the, the Adam Kissingers are the ones getting out. Uh, yeah, why they're being run out by their uh, of their own party? Yeah, I know it. We've uh, we've gone through tougher times in this country. We'll, we'll get over it, I hope. But uh, I guess that that still remains to be seen how this all plays out. And uh, buckle your seatbelts because here here in uh, Nebraska in Omaha, you know the Iowa caucus is you know, right there across the river. Um, and uh, by the way, I wonder I wonder how many Omahans. When they drive across the Missouri River, talk about Sacagawea and talk about Lewis and Clark right? to yeah, their three-year-old. Right. I'm guessing not many. I'm guessing not many, but you know that that in all honesty, McGraw, I, of all the grief that I give you, and I will continue to give you grief. 
I got to say, I respect that. I respect that, that you are instilling that in your kid to understand history, to understand, um, you know, uh, important things and to talk, talk to her like she's an adult. You know, I, I uh, and, and still at the same time, you know, let her be a kid. But uh, to uh, grow and, uh, and work with her on stuff like that, I, I commend you for that. Well, that's true. But then, you know, also raising her to be a Jet fan. So that's a form of child abuse, too, I guess. Oh, God, yes, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, well, actually, the Jets, considering what happened with Aaron Rodgers, Jets are doing better this year than, um, than I that's thought they'd true. be doing. That's true. And you are correct. And so are my Browns. With, thank God for their defense. And Deshaun Watson, thing that turned out to be a bust. But anyway... Be that as it may, we'll take a quick break here. More coming up. Uh, if you're listening on the podcast, you know, be hang with us. Just be a quick little pause here. If you're listening on uh, uh, the radio, we'll be back in a moment on the Big 550 KTRS. McGraw, Bill Levin, I'm Tom Becca, and this is Becca Bill Levin just saying, make sure you you like us when you listen on your podcast, uh, go and uh, like us and subscribe and all that fun stuff so that you never miss an edition that comes out every Thursday of uh, McGraw and I trying to make sense of this crazy world and having some fun along the way. So uh, you talk about your daughter and everything, um, and, you know, raise her to be a Jets fan and what have you. Uh, maybe she should be a Chiefs fan. Because, you know, a four-year-old kid, four-year-old girl would have to love, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, Taylor, right? I mean, um, have, to love, have to love her, right? What's interesting is that I, I, I thought about that, but I realized by the time she's 13, you know, Taylor Swift's going to be like Judy Garland. She's going to be old news. So I don't want her, like, following, like, you know, some old, some, you know, I don't want her to be old school listening to Taylor Swift. Uh, I, no, but I got to if if she's if she's well. First of all, I know you. I'm guessing that um, you're not um, uh, you're not playing a lot of Taylor Swift in the house. You're probably playing, uh, you know, uh, classic, classic top forty and uh, Sinatra and stuff like that too. Well, I, I do. I am playing quite a bit of um, Broadway musicals. Guilty as charged. And then, of course, the classics. The Monkees, Partridge Family, Brady Bunch. You know, I got the vinyl working. Uh, well, that's it. I mean, so music that she's uh, listening to now, she will have, uh, she'll, she'll have other um, musical choices along the, along the way, but she'll always have uh, deep down uh, sort of a love for Taylor Swift. Uh, you know, even when she's, you know, 15, 18, 30, you know, that, that music will stay with her. Just much like, much like I that the new Beatles song, the new Stones album and the new Beatles song. I gotta tell you, man, uh love the Stones album. Not every song, but a lot of them are, are really good. And the Beatles tune, the new Beatles tune is growing on me. I I feel exactly the same way. I heard that Beatles song, and I know you're a huge Beatles fan. I, you know, I'm I'm like fine Beatles, whatever. They're, you know, they're just like the outfield or, you know. George Michael or Wham or wait wait wait, 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 you are comparing the Beatles to George Michael? Well, they're both the British Invasion. No, 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 they're not. George Michael was in the eighties. Beatles were sixty-four. Well, George Michael came over from Great Britain. 
So did English muffins. That doesn't put them in the same category. I love English muffins too. Uh, uh, wake wake me up. Wake me up before you go go. Freedom. I mean, come on, man. How do you? George Michael's the good. He was just inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yes, he was. Hey, hey, by the way, not, no disrespect to George Michael, but that the, the, don't put him in the same category as the Beatles. All right. What about like? Anyway, the point I'm making is. I like that Beatles song. I heard it the first time. I was like, yeah, that's all right. Second time I heard it, I was like, oh, that's not bad. Third time I heard it, I was like, ooh, I want to download that song. I, I do find the hook. The hook, it's in my, my, my mind. You know, it, it, it does have a hook. And I also, uh, I like the video, which, of course, is completely fabricated. Oh, I haven't but seen the video. But it's kind of fun. It's kind of fun. What's the video? Is it like back in the old days or something new? Oh, yeah. Well, they, they, they put, they made it sound, look like, it made it look like all the Beatles were, you know, playing together. You know, they oh, got okay. John and, yeah. and George and Paul and Ringo, you know, but it's, it's it's sort of whimsical and kind of fun. They should have had George Michael come in and like do something. That would have been fun. <laughs> what is wrong with you? You've got issues. You've got issues. <laughs> I don't uh, know, but that I, I, I don't know. I don't. Rolling Stone, I couldn't tell you. I mean, I don't know anything about the Rolling Stones, but um, the Beatles, I, that new tune is pretty catchy. I think it's pretty, pretty cool. Yeah, no, I, I I do too. I do too. And then, and the, you know what else is very cool? That at the age of eighty and eighty, I think Ringo's like eighty three now. You know that these people are still doing it. You know, and and that that's something that's sort of uh, inspiring. As uh, you know, you get older, you look at that and you say, hey, you know what? Yeah, you know, if, if you like what you're doing and you're good at what you do, then uh, why not uh, continue to do it? And uh, and they are, you know, McCartney and Ringo are still on tour. Uh, I think the Stones uh, got some some concerts coming up, you know, and uh, putting out mm -hmm. new music. You got to like it. Has 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 Ringo Starr ever appeared with um, Paul McCartney, like on stage? Yeah, how many times? I mean, after the Beatles broke up. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, many times. Yeah. I mean, oh, okay. like special concerts. I mean, like, you know, if McCartney's playing in L.A. and Ringo's, you know, Ringo's home, you know, they'll, um, you know, he'll come on and sing with a little help from my friends, you know, or something like that. Yeah. Um, you know, and then like like when the Beatles, you know, had um, uh, like, you know, their their 50th um, anniversary of the Ed Sullivan show. I know that Ringo played with them. Then. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, I mean, every now and then, every now and then Ringo will play with them. And just as a, uh, you know, as a. Yeah, because uh, they, they they still seem to get along. They still seem to like each other, and uh, you know why not? Well, I did a show once where Ringo was on a Charles Schwab commercial, and I just I was like, wow, the biggest counterculture movement was the Beatles, right? And now they're doing Charles Schwab commercials, and I was like, man, that is just you know really unthinkable for you know this and i said it's kind of you know they kind of sold out ringo sold out and so some people called up and they were you know you're crazy McGraw, you're right you're right. and this one kid called up younger kid and he goes i'm listening to this show and i'm listening to you talk about how ringo sold out and he says i don't know what you mean and he goes he, he says what does sold out mean? And I go, you know, he sold out to the man. And he's like, well, only thing I know is when I go to the store and they don't have any bread, they're sold out of bread. They sold out of bread. I don't know what you mean by Ringo Starr sold out. He didn't, 
the the younger generation didn't grasp what selling out meant. Because there was a there was a phrase, you know, back in the day. Yeah, you know, I yeah. mean, yeah, they they've got words that I have no idea what the hell they're talking about. Well, but but he was, I was like, he he sold out for money, and they and the guy was like. Well, doesn't everybody sell out from? Isn't that why all these influencers go on YouTube to sell out to yeah. sell? Yeah. So you know his his cultural icons were only there to sell him something. I remember. Remember National Lampoon. Yeah, I love that. I used to love that magazine. I remember they had like a letter to the editor one time, and um, uh, this is probably wouldn't have been like uh, early '80s, mid '80s, right around there. And uh, the letter to the editor said, you ever wonder what happened to all the counterculture hippies of the uh, 60s? We're the stockbrokers now that, that, that don't wear any underwear. <laughs> you know, trying to be a little rebellious there as they drive their BMWs. You know, and that, and that uh, look, it happens. You know, I mean, that, there was a time that that was looked upon as being a bad thing. And then I, I, heard, a, I heard a Janis Joplin song on some commercial the other day. And it just seemed like so out of place. It was like, I, I couldn't imagine Janice actually, you know, agreeing to this back in the day, but she doesn't have the rights to her image and name and likeness anymore. So, you know, or the rights to that song. So they uh, they use it in their commercial for something that was, um, I forget what the product was, but it was not the, uh, it was not a counterculture type of product. That's for sure. Can we end this? Um... Can we end this uh, podcast where we started? Um, well, yeah, we don't have to do everything else in between. Yeah. Why would Shop Girl, the book from Steve Martin, get banned? What's the problem with that book? There was some sexual innuendo in it. Well, there's sexual innuendo in every book. In the Bible, do you see the? I mean, in the Bible's got a whole bunch of sexual innuendo. And look. If you're in a mindset, matter of fact, I used to do a thing on my radio program, you know, people that were calling, you know, things that sound dirty but weren't. Yeah. You know, and once you get yourself in that mindset of no matter, you know, of, of, of everything sounding dirty, you know, you you could say, you know, uh, you know, a pass pass the mashed potatoes, and it's you know somebody's mind that sounds dirty, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, hey, do you want to toss salad? You know, there you go. Now you got something that's you know, sounding dirty, and all you're doing is, you know, having a Thanksgiving meal. Uh, so, yeah, once you get yourself in that mindset, if that's what you're looking for, you can find it everywhere. I would think if I'm an author, I would want my book banned. I think it's I think it's probably good for business, yeah, which is what I, Steve Martin was saying. I think I think they, that thing would be a great comedy of this author who writes a book, and the author tries to get the book banned so he can increase his sales. Well, you're talking about the counterculture. Uh, it was Abby Hoffman had a book, you know, steal this book, right? <laughs> and uh... do you see the movie? It was an HBO. No, it wasn't HBO. It was Netflix. It was during um, COVID. There were some great things that came and went in COVID, but we were just eating. So we were eating that the the entertainment so fast, we didn't pause to think about it. But it was called um, the Trial of the Chicago Seven or the Chicago Seven that. on Netflix. It was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was. It was very interesting. Yeah. And, uh, little, yeah little, it was actually it was written by Aaron Sorkin, actually. One of the great writers. One of the great yeah. writers. Yeah, I I'm I'm a big I'm a big fan of his writing. Yeah, uh, he should be canceled. Yeah. <laughs> but 
Well, you know what? I mean, look, no matter what you do, you're not going to please everybody. And and everybody thinks that, uh, you know, they, they've got their opinion is one that matters. And everybody, uh, uh, and uh, maybe it's weird for me to be saying this considering what we're doing here, but too many people are talking and not enough people are listening. And well, it's it's weird that they keep demanding personal freedom and government getting out of my life and everyone should be allowed, right, my own personal freedom. And then they spend the rest of their days trying to curtail other people's freedoms. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm for personal freedom, but I want laws so that everybody has to agree with me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. I, but this... But this government, this this is government overreach. It's like, what are you talking about? I know. Okay, but before before I let you go, um, I I have uh, breakfast on Friday mornings with a bunch of guys, a bunch of friends, and um, you know we're, we're the old guys at the high V, you know, having the cheap breakfast, right? Solving the problems of the world. And there's another guy from another group of old men down the, uh, you know, that, that meet there every Friday. And this guy is a real diehard MAGA Republican. And he comes by and he wants to, he just likes to, you know, start stuff with me in the morning. So we're talking about, you know, uh, the deficit. I, said, I agree with you in the deficit spending. I said, you know, but now were you upset about it when Trump was uh, putting us trillions of dollars in debt? And he looked at me a little bit and he said, well, yeah, but that was for good stuff. I said, <laughs> Your Honor, no further questions. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, it's, that's it. It's like uh, uh, we want governments uh, to stop their spending, but ask people, you know, okay, so what will, you, what are you willing to give up from the government to achieve this goal? And everybody's pointing to somebody else saying, well, the farmers shouldn't have their subsidies or food stamps or you know the, the military, but they're not in the military. They're not on food stamps. They're not a farmer, but you know they're all for somebody else making the cuts, not necessarily anything that benefits them. You know, you look at you look at the baby boom generation, right? And mm -hmm. it is probably, arguably, the most subsidized generation in the history of America. And they're the ones complaining uh, about, you know, government overreach and too much spending. And all they've done is been coddled from from. Right. They've been given every their parents getting the GI Bill to them getting massive student, you know, uh, uh, benefits right all the way all the way through. They got massive infrastructure. Ma I mean, just spending on space race and spending on computers and all this government intervention to create the world in which they took advantage of. And they're complaining about, you know, us spending too much money most subsidized generation in the history of mankind well you know they, they look at they think everybody else is getting the subsidies and not them you right know? but they are right they're the ones who are being taken yeah well it's uh, that's that's a topic maybe we'll talk about that next week's podcast because we are indeed out of time right now uh, mcgraw always uh, fun talking to you thank you for listening uh, this far into it and we will uh, uh see you again next week in omaha i'm tom becker mcgraw millhaven in st louis bye y'all bye bye Huda Media Production.